Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international bestseller called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And time's going by fast. We're recording this episode uh, beginning of February 2019, but I want to make sure you know I'm doing a live event in Orlando. We don't die Orlando.com is the site for all the information, but scientist Sonia Rinaldi is coming up from Brazil with her voices and videos and pictures she's recorded from people in the afterlife. Physical medium Scott Milligan will be there, the psychic lawyer Mark Anthony, and a bunch of great other speakers and mediums all talking about the afterlife, living a powerful life, and some great support if you are grieving. So that's We Don't Die orlando.com. Today on the show, I'm really excited that I get to share with you my fellow Massachusetts resident, Cliff Aguirre. Cliff is a certified hypnotherapist and founder of Mind Balance Hypnosis. He is a certified life coach and an author of several books, including The Death Transition, The Process of Passing Over, Encounters with the Other Side, my experiences with after-death visitations, and his latest book, The Amazing Memories of Individuals Through Past Life Regression. Cliff also has hypnosis and meditation downloads available on Amazon. He's a songwriter, and he conducts seminars on the benefits of hypnosis and his discoveries on past life regression. His website is cliffagary.com. Cliff, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm thrilled. We met just a couple years ago at the Afterlife Symposium for just like a brief hello. And I'm really grateful that today's the day that we get to really talk. That's great. Yes. Yeah. At the Afterlife Symposium, you were one of the presenters, correct? I was. I was. I uh, presented a lot of um, audio um, regarding actual sessions of some of my volunteers who went back into past life regressions for my book, Journey Back, which is the amazing past life regressions. And uh, it was quite amazing. Yeah, well, I'm excited to delve into this with you. Give us a little bit of your background and how you got into maybe even hypnosis and um, started studying about the afterlife. Well, actually, I didn't start studying about the afterlife until um, I actually started when I was eight years old. Because I ended up having a lot of these um, people walking through my bedroom. Really? At eight years old. I spent a lot of time under my covers, you know, kind of looking out and watching these people walk by. And um, the very first person I ever saw that I knew was my grandmother when I was 12. And she was standing in the doorway. And I would think that I would be scared or something. But I felt this amazing amount of love that she was sending to me. And uh, just as clear as can be. So that was my first real encounter with somebody that I knew. Oh, that's and, wonderful. Yes. So from there, I um, had another friend named Jim who passed away. And uh, I woke up to find him standing next to my bed. And he started talking about his life and going, oh, I really messed up and everything. Because he, uh, he unfortunately died of an overdose. And he said, oh, I didn't mean to die. It was an accident. And so he started telling me about what it was like for him to be um, 
passing over. And it was quite interesting because, you know, I was only eight, uh, 15 years old at this time. And here I am looking up at this guy staring down at me, telling me all this information. And then uh, later on, I had a girlfriend that was uh, murdered. Um, and um, she came back also. And she was standing next to my bed talking to me about what it was like to um, pass over and what her experiences were. And she actually would give me dreams about the person that killed her. And um, she actually um, gave me a dream where she told me all about this courthouse we were going to and showed me what it looked like and everything. About two days later, I ended up going to this courthouse for a grand jury um, investigation regarding her death. And uh, it looked exactly like what was in the dream. Wow. And so... As this progressed, I started having more dreams with uh, Jim and Kim. And on one dream, they said, you're going to write a book. And the death transition is going to be the title. And we're going to help you. So I went, okay. (laughs) So uh, suddenly there it was. I just started doing this automatic writing and all this information started coming through about the process of passing over and what they were experiencing or what everybody else experiences and everything. And that was in 1976 that I wrote that. And so um, I think the first publication was in 1982. I've been publishing it since. So I'm on my second edition of that. And so that led me down the road even further. And I've just had a lot of experiences uh, throughout my life about... um, encountering people that I know have passed away and some people I didn't know who would come to me and give me messages or even messages for friends that I know. Right. And um, so that's what my encounters with the other side, That's a, that book is all about, is all my experiences uh, with that. And then with Journey Back, which was my latest book, that came about because... Um, I was uh, hypnotizing some clients for uh, traumas and depression and everything. And this one woman came to me, and she was very depressed. And she actually came into my office and kind of said, I really don't have a purpose to live anymore. So I thought, oh, okay, let's work on this. So I put her under hypnosis, and I said, go back to where your depression started. And I thought she was going to go back to being a 13-year-old girl in this life with, you know, maybe something happening, traumatic. And suddenly, under hypnosis, she's going, I'm at a farmhouse in the 1860s. My husband uh, is fighting in the Civil War for the South. I put the baby down in the the little house that we have and put her down in the crib. And then I go out and work on a garden that we have. And then when I'm done working, I turn around and I head back to the house, and the house is on fire. The house burns down, the baby dies. And I'm so upset that I killed myself. And, you know, you should have seen my mouth drop open. You of know, course. That's not what I expected, you know, because right. I didn't include past life regressions in my hypnosis. And when she came out of the hypnosis, she said, was that real? And I said, I don't know. What do you think? And she says, well, I, could, I could hear it. I could feel it. I could smell it. She said, everything like that was just so real. I saw her a month later. 
and her head was held up high. She had this glow to herself. And she said, just that one experience changed her life. And a year later, she got married. She was having her own child and everything. And this is a woman that walked into my uh, office saying, you know, I have no reason to live anymore. And uh, it just changed her whole life. That's extraordinary. And then I had two other clients that started going into past life regressions just on their own. So I was talking to a friend of mine who's a writer. And he says, why don't you write a book about this? I thought, yeah, okay, but I don't want to use my clients because of confidential information. And I thought, you know, I have to find some volunteers. And this woman just appears at this business networking group one day, and she's a medium. And uh, so I talked to her about it, and she says, I run a women's group once a month on a Tuesday. And just last night, we were talking about wanting to do past life regressions. Uh-huh. Interesting how that happens. But everybody that we talked to was too expensive or they kept changing the prices on us and everything. And I said, how about this? How about if you and your group volunteer for my book and I won't charge you a thing? My email started ring, started you sure. know, glowing and my phone was going off the hook. So I got 27 volunteers that came in and I put them all under past life regressions. And their stories were amazing. And I recorded everything. And actually on my website, you can hear some of the actual past life regression um, recordings also. But um, nobody was famous. Everybody had mundane lives. Some were very happy. Some were very sad. But the one message that came out of all this stuff is that we never die. We just, we're just like on a journey. And I would take them to the very last day of their lives each time. And I'd go, okay, what's happening to you? And they would say, well, you know, I got sick or this happened. And I said, well, what was the lesson that you learned from this life? And they would tell me what the lesson was. And sometimes men were women and women were men and different races and lived all around the world. Some people had accents from where they were living in one particular life and everything. And then I would take them to the spot right after they passed away. And I'd have them explain what they were seeing, what they were feeling. And they would tell me all about this. And then I would say, okay, now go just before you're ready to go into your next life. And tell me what your goals are. Or even just before you're going into the present life you're living now. And they would tell me what their goals were. And it realigned them with their goals. But the interesting thing also was that some of the things that were happening to them in their present life also happened in past lives. I had, uh, I had these two women that came in. Um, I'll call the first one Sue, let's say. And... So she goes to this past life regression. She's talking about the neighbor that she had that lives in this farm just down the road and their best friends and everything. And she's telling me all about this. The next day, her friend, Mary, comes in. And I go, did you talk to Sue last night about her regression? Oh, no, we didn't have time to talk. I said, okay. So I put her under hypnosis. And she's talking about her friend who lives in this farm to the left and that they're best friends and everything. And when I brought them out of hypnosis, I said, you better talk to each other because 
she just told me the exact same story that she's just told you, told me. And it was just amazing. I had this other woman who um, said that she lived in London in the 1900s. And her and her husband just left to play, and they were walking through this dark alley. And she didn't really want to take the shortcut down this alley, but they did. And this guy came out with a knife to rob them. And he ends up killing her husband at the time. And um, she commits suicide, whatever, down the road, you know, in her life. But then when I brought her out of hypnosis, I said, tell me about your life now. And she goes, well, I'm always worried that something's going to happen to somebody in my family or my friends. So I'm constantly having them check in with me and everything. Then she pauses and she goes, oh, my gosh, that's because of this killing that happened in this alleyway in London in the 1900s. And it's all these realizations that started coming out of these sessions. And so the biggest message out of the whole thing was that we don't have just linear lives where we're born, we live, we die. We're more on a journey where, you know, okay, let's go to this life and I need to learn this experience and everything. And you meet people along the way and everybody cross their paths. We also found that a lot of families travel together in many different lives. And uh, for instance, my oldest daughter was once my oldest son in another life. And uh, then after you do your journey, you pass away, your physical body disappears, but you're still existing. And you go on and you evaluate you know, what your life was all about and everything. You, you talk to each other and go, hey, how was this? How did we do? And then you choose to go on another journey, which is another life. So everybody that's passed away has not just disappeared at all. They're just like in another reality, let's say. And it's like a frequency of a radio. You know, you just kind of don't have it tuned in just right on the same frequency. And um, But they're still there. And every so often, we actually feel them or we hear them or something. And I always tell people that when you do have a feeling or you do smell something like somebody's perfume or cologne or whatever may be the, the sensory thing that's being passed around, pause, stop, and listen. Because the more you do that, the more you tune in. Like, I live in an apartment, and my landlady lives downstairs, and I would write her, and I'd go, I smell cigarettes, but I know nobody smokes in here. Why is that? She goes, oh, my mother used to smoke when she was alive. Uh -huh. So, you know, hi, Mom. Uh, Cliff, I wanted to ask you, when you younger started seeing people, um, you know, a lot of mediums I talk to, they see things in their mind's eye, but this really sounds like you saw people outside of you. I mean, were they, did oh, yeah. they appear, I don't want to use the word ghostly, but, or did they appear solid to you? Well, that was the interesting part about it. I had a door that led to the outside from my bedroom. And the ones that used to float through, um, they kind of looked more like ghosts, you know, kind of white, almost uh, blurred a little bit. And they would just kind of float through my bedroom. 
And I don't even think they were aware that I was even there. So I think it was like a vortex or something that they would just be passing through. And I just happened to be in the way, you know. Yes. And they just went on. But then there were the people like my grandmother who was very solid and looked just like her, you know. Pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah, so you've definitely got it, whatever it is. Uh, and I've heard some similar stories, and I, I just think it's fascinating that there wasn't fear there. And oh, there was. <laughs> what? There was. I, oh. like I, said, I spent a lot of time under my covers. Oh, in the beginning, yes. But I just meant when your um, ex-girlfriend or your girlfriend and your friend were there. Oh, no, not with them. Mm. I've got it's lots a- of questions for you. Where do we Go. <laughs> well, you started at the beginning. We started at the beginning. Okay, so I asked you the first one about how they appeared to you. Um, for, first of all, the let's get into maybe what they said about the transition process mm-hmm. before we get into the past live things, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Just there are listeners right now who um, may be suffering with an illness and or. Many of us, I know what it was like with my dad. We knew his days were numbered. But can you share with us just about that death transition? Yes. Well, what they were saying was that um, it's, it's like they just passed, they left their body. And what they were saying was that they didn't even know the moment that they left. It's just like they just left. So, um like, for instance, uh, Jim, you know, he died of an overdose, unfortunately. And, you know, he just found himself standing on the side looking at his body. And um, he felt, you know, amazed, kind of surprised. You know, here I am looking down at myself. Kim, who was a more violent death, she was saying that even before her body died, she left her body to protect herself and but she could watch a lot of stuff going on and it was a little more traumatic for her she said because it was a more violent death and she followed she followed her body around she was saying um and i don't know it death was death is not a hard thing to do meaning that you know, you just kind of float out. And suddenly you go, wait a second, I'm looking down at my body. What's going on here? And then you kind of start realizing, wait a second, I'm still existing, but there's my body over there. And they were both saying that there's people that meet you when you pass over, you know, or even just leave your body to try to help you to understand what has just happened. And what they were saying was that the, we shouldn't worry about it at all because we've done this thousands of times. We've just forgotten. And um, that's the biggest message is you shouldn't worry about death because you've done this a thousand times. Yeah, I know there's a couple of quotes that I have in my book that are along that lines. I can't think of, of what they are right now, but uh, some pretty great minds along that same line. And also... I've heard, too, just interviewing people who've had near-death experiences and 
even talking to some mediums that it happens very often when there is a traumatic death, like a murder or a great pain that the soul can leave the body before the body actually passes. So that gives me some comfort and that they also, and maybe your friends would say the same thing. They, they're not living their present life, really feeling any of the pain and trauma. You know, they don't carry that with them. Maybe the memory, but not the actual pain. No, they don't. And leaving their body in the middle of a very, you know, dramatic death is a buffer. Also helps them buffer from the psychological oh, stuff that's going on and also the pain. Yeah, there's been so many horrific things that have happened to people throughout humanity. And it is a bit comforting to have that faith that their soul was able to check out before they, so they didn't have to experience some of that. Yeah, I fly, I fly a lot. And um, I always get in the plane going, you know, people ask me, well, why aren't you so, why aren't you afraid of flying? And I said, because what's going to happen? You know, you're either going to make it or you're going to die, you know? Oh, that's nice. <laughs> We've done this a thousand times. Right. And then knowing what I know, I go, well, if the plane ever did go down, I'd probably be the guy in the middle of the crowd going, okay, this is what just happened to us. Now, everybody, you know, get in a single file. And let's get, you know, let's work on this. And, you know, I can just see myself doing that. Oh, that's funny. My dad was an airline pilot, so we grew up flying at a very early age. So he'd always say flying is safer than driving. <laughs> I agree. Mostly in Massachusetts. I know. I know. Speaking of Massachusetts, for the listeners that are attending We Don't Die Boston in just a couple of weeks, February 22nd through 24th, I just asked our friend Cliff if he would join us. So he is going to be there uh, amongst the audience. So I'll definitely introduce you, Cliff and um, Great. Yeah, if you could bring some of your books along, I think I'd like an autographed copy myself. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited to see you again in person. So that'll be great. So uh, talking about shifting gears a little bit, if we could talk about hypnosis, I, I've taken courses on hypnosis, so I'm familiar, but maybe not everybody is. And, and I think while you're discussing it, what came up with these people that were had been past life regressed you know how do you know that's not just their imagination coming up with that so if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about what hypnosis is and then a little bit more about the regression well what hypnosis is is that you're working on a subconscious level so you have your ego which is going you know i'm protecting this person i'm i'm not going to listen to this or whatever and when you put them under hypnosis, it takes them beyond this wall. I always say there's a wall there because the way that I learned hypnosis was that I was going to therapy for some phobias. And um, I kept hitting this wall. And one thing I couldn't talk about was my girlfriend's death. Her name was Kim. I couldn't talk about it. I kept hitting this emotional wall. And I just couldn't deal with it. So the therapist said, okay. How about hypnosis? And of course, I rolled my eyes, going, "Oh my gosh, this is weird." You know? right. I said, "Okay, yeah. let's try it." Okay, yeah. Yeah. You know? So she put me under hypnosis, and suddenly I found myself in the middle of a conversation between my adult self and my child self. And my child self was the one that was scared, was having the phobias, was blocking everything. And the adult self 
was talking to my child self and making them feel safe. It's okay. You know, we'll get past this together and everything. And I'm in the middle going, I can't believe I'm hearing this. And then when I came out of hypnosis, my phobias were gone and I could get past this wall. And so that's what hypnosis is about. Our brains are very um, great tools to keep our bodies running and everything. But I always say they're also garbage collectors. So, you know, everything that we go through through life, we actually collect that stuff, whether, whether we're aware of everything that we're collecting or not. Like a lot of my clients um, I work with are abuse trauma victims. And so, you know, some of them carry this stuff for 30 years within them and it affects their lives. And so what we go back into hypnosis and we deal with the stuff that is hidden and we clean it out, we deal with it, and then they can move on with their life clearer and freer. And that's what hypnosis is about, is getting to that deep level of who you are and cleaning out the garbage, cleaning out the stuff that is hindering you. I heard someone once say about the garbage in our past, if the, something happens when you're five years old and you make mm -hmm. a decision not to trust anybody, you know, they said right. it's like putting on a pair of glasses, okay, can't trust. And then somebody breaks your heart and then you put out there and you're another pair of glasses that, uh, you know, I'm not going to be vulnerable again. And then what you don't realize is, you know, you can't see correctly because you've got all these, all that past is out there in your future. And right. so getting to that place through hypnosis and, and, it's like pulling off those layers and you, like you just said, you know, your true self emerges and hypnosis is something very natural too. It's, it's, um, you know, I, I know a lot of us have seen the stage shows and people have done some really silly things, but if you can just mention that it's uh, nothing to be feared, it's very natural. I, I, I say we oh. go through the hypnotic state often in our days. So it's not anything crazy. You know, when you're, when you're driving down the highway and you suddenly go, Oh my gosh, it just passed my exit. That's uh, car hypnosis mm -hmm. because our mind gets in some other zone. And what you see in Las Vegas or, you know, the stage hypnosis, that's all fun. Right. And, you know, I would never volunteer, but, you know, I still do laugh at it. But it's nothing like what we do in an office setting. But hypnosis is like a um, relaxation meditative state. And to go into hypnosis, I take people through a relaxation technique where they relax themselves from head to toe. And then after they're relaxed, then I count them down further to where they're like their ego is taking a nap and their subconscious mind comes out and goes, okay, let's do the work. Let me, let me take notes here. And um, it's very safe. You can't get stuck in hypnosis. You know, people worry about that. You know, what if I get stuck and never come out? That'll never happen because if I stop talking, let's say for three to five minutes, you'll just wake up on your own. And, you know, um, and um, let's see, what else? Um, so it's very safe. You cannot get stuck. And also, you can't get hurt by hypnosis at all. You are in control. I'm not in control. So I just give suggestions. And I just help you to relax and get to that state. But you're the actual one in control. And so when I start a session, I always find out what their goals are. 
so that they know that they have the control over the whole session. Mm, very good. And I, I believe, too, in the hypnotic state, you're able to, people are talking about their memories and things like that. When the ego is out of it, you know, I'm sure when you're asking people questions, they're living their life, whether it's back in the 1600s or wherever, like they're actually witnessing it right then and there. Is that correct? It's not like their oh. imaginations throwing together some images. Oh, definitely. And that's the one thing about it, as I always say, you know, I had 27 volunteers, and if this wasn't real, then I had 27 really creative people, you know, in my sessions. But as I said before, nobody was famous. Nobody did anything really extraordinary or anything. Right. They just had ordinary lives, you know. Some were traumatic, some were happy, but they were ordinary lives. But ultimately, Cliff, bringing up these memories and really help people in this current life. So I think that sets people free. Somebody who doesn't have anything to live for and suddenly they're engaged and have a new lease on life and things. I, th I think it, you know, it's just really, this is a good conversation well, to after, realize. Go ahead. No, back to you. Well, after going through this, I realized that psychotherapy needs to actually expand because, you know, we work a lot in psychotherapy on our present self right here. But actually, I've discovered that a lot of the traumas stretch from past lives. But our belief was that we have linear lives, and that's it. We live, we experience, we die. And once they get to the point where they realize, wait a second, we don't do that, then I think psychotherapy can actually expand to include past lives. And that's going to help people tremendously. I think so as well. Uh, when you had mentioned, it, it almost sounds like to me, soul groups, people that would come back as a group. And I've always had this vision and it's empowering to believe that the people in my life, even the ones that I'm having a tough time with, took on the roles that they did uh, to cause me maybe for where I am right now or to learn forgiveness or, or whatever that may be. So that's reassuring that, like you said, you're, daughter was your son right. is that what you said something like that but do yes. you believe in the concept of whether you call it heaven or um how, how do you want to say it you know I, it, reincarn reincarnation is one of those um, subjects that people are either for it or against it and uh and that you know that's fine whatever people mm -hmm. use to empower their life but is there, do you think, a place that um, either between lives or when it's all said and done with that we can actually say, okay, I've spent enough time doing this earthly thing and I'm ready to merge with the divine or whatever you want to call heaven? Well, I think that um, we're very creative people. Um, and I, maybe I should even word, use the word people. Maybe I should spirits or whatever. And I don't totally believe in heaven as maybe written in the Bible this, you know, everything's gold and, you know, everything, we can go into internal rest and right. everything. That doesn't sound because, fun either, does it? Eternal well, rest? Well, you no. get boring for a while. <laughs> right. You know? And they say that some people who firmly believe in this, or firmly believe that after death they become nothing, 
actually see nothing. And then the guides come along and go, hello. And they go, well, how come I can hear you? You know? <laughs> That's funny. I, I'm nothing. Well, no, you are something because you can't hear me. You know? And then suddenly the realization comes, oh, my gosh, I really do still exist. You know, that, I was told that that happens in some cases. And um, so it's like a continuous thing. Like we're sitting in our, let's say, our living rooms or something. And we're going, okay, this is the space I live in. But in reality, scientists have shown us that the walls that are around us actually have atoms and molecules. And they're actually not as solid as we think they are because there's actually things that are moving around in there that make the form that we see what it is. And that's kind of like our perception of things. Yes. And so when we pass away, our perception gets bigger. And suddenly we realize, wait a second, there is more to all this. And um, so I wouldn't say heaven as the pearly gates and the, you know roads of gold and everything. But there certainly is a place that I would say is heaven but it's a very creative, loving place that we go to in between lives. And uh, we investigate, well, how was that life for us? You know, or, you know, we meet people again and we go, oh, I really missed you and all this stuff or whatever. And then we go, okay, what do you want to do in your next life? What should we do together? You know, and then you plan and then you go off and do another journey. I also don't believe in hell either because what, I was told was that it's really all in your mind and your beliefs because people that believe, well, I'm a bad person, so I'm going to experience this, is similar to the person that says, I'm going to be nothing when I die and see nothing. And so they may see these terrible things. You know, I had a question asked to me one time, well, if there's no hell, what happened to Hitler and all those people, you know, and everything? I said, that person still exists. But they have to come to terms with what they did. And that might even be worse than an actual place called hell. You know what I mean? To take actual responsibility and actually feel the feelings of their victims. Yeah, I've interviewed so many people who have had near-death experiences. And one of the main similarities is this life review. And it's not anybody giving it to us. It's us reviewing our own lives from the perspective of all the people that we've interacted with, feeling the pain that we've caused, feeling the joy, feeling the difference that we've made in the, in the big picture, you know, like the ripple effect of the good deeds. And I know if you or the listener right now or is anything like myself, I'm harder on myself than I think any human being would be. So, oh, yeah. yeah. But see, what, what I was told was that we just forgot why we're here and what we're doing. And so what I start doing is drawing a, like a little graph or a little map of where I want my life to go because we get so caught up in the everyday, you know, stuff that goes on and our interactions with people really overwhelm us. And, you know, we go, oh, you know, why was I born? Why was I? And we have to change our whole concept set to realize that the reason we're born is to learn things, create things. We're very creative people. We're very loving people. We're more spiritual than what a lot of people will accept. And if, and if people 
remembered all this stuff, it would probably change the whole world, how we interact with each other. I just had this image of like a little cartoon character that keeps going through these lives, forgetting why he came into life. And um, yeah. yeah, and then I'm just thinking, is there anything we can do, Cliff, where we are right now? We might not know exactly why we came into this life, but any words to empower us to have a life that of learning and discovering? Well, I always tell people that we need to listen more. We need to listen to ourselves, and we need to listen to the, the feelings that we have. And there are people around us right now, I will call guides, who actually interact with us, and we need to listen more. And even in our dreams, we need to be aware of some of the stuff that occurs in dreams, because we've been taught oh, well, this is just fantasy. This is you know, ridiculous stuff and everything. But actually, I found out that we're actually doing a lot of work while we're asleep. And maybe some of your listeners might be going, yeah, I had a really restless night last night. My mind just wouldn't stop. Well, you have to kind of remember, what were you doing? What were you learning? And uh, I also tell people to keep a log of their dreams because as you read your log, you suddenly realize, wait a second, there's a message here, there's a pattern here. And I've gotten to the point now where, like I write music, you know, and so I may write a half a song and go, oh, I don't know where to go with this. Oh, well, I'll just work on it when I'm asleep. And then I wake up the next morning with the rest of the song finished. Interesting. How great. Or else I'll wake up with a whole brand new song, you know. But what I've discovered and what I've been told is that the person that we are in our physical bodies are just a small little minute section of who we really are. And that person interacts with our higher selves when we're asleep. And so we need to start listening to that higher self and suddenly get a plan and remember why we're here. Like, what's your, what are you really good at? Write that down. You know, what... Um, what really makes you happy? Write that down. Um, how do you feel about yourself? Write that. And just do an analysis of who you are, what you like about your life, what's happened in your life. Like some people have had really bad experiences. Well, why was that bad experience? There? What is it that I need to learn? And if you really start working on it and tearing it down and tearing it apart, you'll find out, oh, I needed to learn this lesson to love myself more or to have boundaries here or whatever. And it all starts coming together. And like I'm a life coach also. And um, so I help people to see those things. And then suddenly they have these realizations like, I never thought of that. But it's you're not just mundane people that are just going to work, coming home, eating, and going to bed. You're very creative, spiritual people, and you just have to remember that and get back into tune to who you are. It's interesting he's mentioned about a life coach. It's so interesting because I have my own coach, but mm -hmm. to realize, like, we, we live our lives thinking our own thoughts about us, but meanwhile, everybody in our life could 
can see something we can't see. So it's it's great to have someone who can say, uh, hey, how about this? And, and bring it to right. the forefront. And I would have never guessed I'd be where I am today. And it was going through one of those kind of drilling down experiences like you just talked about. And I was looking to see what it is I'm already doing, what I think about myself. And this is back in 2002. And right. I just thought, geez, I'm studying a lot about this afterlife. And I'm, and I'm studying a lot about living a powerful life. And, you know, could that be part of my life mission? And I just brushed it off like, nah. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's what I've already been doing. So I, I think it's it's great to, really great to have someone uh, to work with and, and to do exercises like this. Oh, Cliff, tell us more. I t- this hour always goes by fast. So I want to be sure to find out about your website, what you offer, um, yeah, how people can have a session with you, whether it's hypnosis or uh, life coaching. I want to hear about your downloads, your MP3s. Well, hypnosis, I um, do out of my office in Norwell, Massachusetts. And I also do a day down in Duxbury, Massachusetts. But I also travel around and I like to do uh, talks regarding hypnosis and past life regressions because I feel like it's very important that people get reattuned to the idea that they are not just these mundane people. Okay. On uh, life coaching, I also do that out of my office, but I also do it online so I can use the Zoom conferencing software. And it's, and it's just like we're sitting in a room together and I can do life coaching for anybody around the world by doing this. And my whole goal is to help people find themselves again. And my website is cliffagary.com. And I also have another website, mindbalancehypnosis.com. And if anybody wants to find my books, there's a link called cliffbooksmusic.com, and that will actually take you uh, right to my site also to find out about my books. And my books and music are on Amazon also. So you said Cliff's, cliffbooksmusic.com. Dot com. Okay. It, um, can you talk a little bit about your hypnosis mp3s or any kind of meditation because i and is there one or will you have one on doing like a past life regression well no because what i discovered was that you really need to do it within the office because this is really serious work and um, i've had a lot of people come to me going oh well, let's just do this for fun well it's not totally fun you know because you're doing a lot of investigation about yourself. And I've had clients that have cried and broken down, or I've had some clients be really happy. I had some men talk about being women and talking about their wonderful husbands they had, you know, and everything. So it's kind of like you don't want to do that online or on a MP3 or anything because you kind of want to be in control as a guide. Not that it, not that there's anything scary or that you're going to get hurt or anything like this, but you don't want the connection to go down or you know, the MP3 to stop working in the middle of a session. Well, not just that. I'm thinking if you were talking me through and I had something really rough happen, you know, I don't want to be sitting home in my room listening to an audio. Maybe it'd be yeah. nice to have a human being there to 
work me through it. Okay, that's just a memory. That's something that happened in the past. That's not something that's present in your life now. But I do do I do do hypnosis for stress relief. I mean, I I can do that on MP3, and I can um, do that online also, and also for um, healthy sleep and healthy eating and everything, because those are very safe topics. So. So that's something that you would work with someone and create something like that, just. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So just. And and sometimes with my clients, I send them home with MP3s. You know, I, I email them an MP3. Oh, good. Very good. Well, what else? How about this podcast that you just mentioned that you're starting? That I didn't oh, yeah. Know about? <laughs> I'm actually doing three podcasts. Great. Busy one man. Is, one is Journey Back, which is all about past life regressions. And um, there's going to be a lot of uh, recordings, actual sessions, but also talking to other people that have had experiences themselves. And... Um, the second one is mind balance hypnosis, which is actually going to be talking about hypnosis and a lot of alternative um, modalities like acupuncture and you know just trying to get people familiar with um, all the things that are out there for people to use. So I'll be doing a lot of interviews with people who do acupuncture and everything. And then the other one is called navigating life. And it's all about talking to people about how to navigate through this life that we're living. I've done interviews with people who um, help the homeless. I've done interviews with people who help people through traumas. And, you know, it's just to help people to navigate life. So those are my three podcasts. So I'm getting ready to put them on iTunes and Apple and so that'll be coming out soon. When you have the links available, I will just send them to me. And if beneath this episode for our listener, because okay. you know some people are listening right now in 2019, there's going to be people listening 2023 <laughs> or whatever oh, yeah. in the future. I just want you to be able to scroll down to the description of this episode where I have actually a link to Cliff's um, books and to his website. And possibly by now, there'll be a link to the podcast as well. Okay. And also, I'd like to interview you for one of my podcasts. I was hoping you'd say so. No, (laughs) I would love that. I would love that. It is all about sharing. In my life, I have had some awful things happen and things that I didn't think I could make it through. And what I'm really understanding now at 52 years old is those things really made me who I am today. The growth that I've had from the worst times in my life have given me some of the best things in my life. And to be able to serve and give back. So I think for all of us, whatever that purpose is or whatever that reason we chose to step into this life, it's not, I don't think it's just about our learning. It's about giving it back and helping others as well. And when you realize that you still exist and that you're just on a journey and that you truly are a wonderful, great person that's just on a journey, just learning. And um, life is as bad you can get through it and you can make it to the other side no pun intended and um you know you can do it and have some compassion for ourselves you know i i've got a lot on my plate the next couple weeks the boston event is coming up and and plus maintaining my day job and things and by you just saying that it's just like 
you know, I'm a passenger here, and you know, I've been back and learning, and don't be so hard on myself. Well, you know, we're watching all the news and the world events right now. That's one thing that's going on, but that's not us, and that's not the real core of who we are. That's just people unaware of who they are and creating drama in the world. So in some ways, we need to separate ourselves from that and find out who we are, and find out what our personal journeys are, and then we can influence the outside world from what we learn. And that's probably what you and I are doing right now. Yeah, it's very exciting. And it, it really doesn't matter when we start this journey, whether we're in our 20s or we're in our 80s. The important thing is is that we're present now and yep. we're looking at it. Cliff, I have, anything? I have one more thing. One yeah, more go thing. ahead. I'm just asking what else you want to share before we wrap up. Well, when I was eight years old, I remember sitting in my elementary school. And, you know, everybody wanted to be policemen and firemen. And, well, the guys did. And I was sitting there going, I want to be a minister at eight years old. And I knew exactly what my purpose was for being here that I needed to teach. And I came here with uh, information that I needed to share. And I was thinking about that. I was going, how many eight-year-olds think of that? So we started out this journey with a plan, and we all have a plan. That's the one thing that people need to remember. We all have a plan, and we got to find that plan and get ourselves reacquainted with our plan because it's not working nine to five. There's more to us. There is. And like you said, look to see what it is you've already been doing, what you're passionate about. Right. uh, Yeah. And I know for myself, there's some common denominators, like there's a common (laughs) denominator of service making a difference and learning and some spiritual growth and obviously right now the afterlife things but it it, things have changed throughout my life but i've always been that person who wants to help another and make a difference and things like that so it's not i don't think we as human beings always have that one thing that we're meant to do it could be that aspect of ourselves who's loving or sharing or whatever yep i'm so grateful that we talked today cliff I hate the fact that an hour goes by so fast. I know. Because I love talking about this. Yeah, I do too. Well, there'll be more. We can do more for sure. And I'm really excited that you can stop by our event in Boston and bring some books because uh, most most of the listeners that are, well, that will be there at the Boston event will have heard this episode. So they'll be very grateful to meet you. And I'm I'm really grateful to see you again as well. Okay, you too. Yeah, and for our listener, uh, I know this is February 8th that we're recording this episode. February 22nd through 24th is We Don't Die Boston. And just a small event, wedontdieboston.com. If you get in, you hear this in the nick of time and you want to come be part of that. Also, we have wedontdieorlando.com. End of March, we have been talking to Cliff Aguirre, who's just amazing. Thank you, Cliff. <laughs> it's really been great. I, I, you know, I put myself into every episode as a listener as well, because you know, I like to be reminded of who we are, and that my life matters, and it's a journey, and, and I don't have to listen to my ego, and I can slow down my mind, all those great things. So it's really been helpful to me. Um, Yeah, any last words of inspiration? I guess the biggest thing that I would just like people to remember is 
not to give up, okay? Because, you know, life is difficult sometimes, and life does get in our way every so often. And as I said before, we are bombarded with the environment around us. But you are truly a very creative, spiritual, wonderful person. Everybody is, and we just got to get back to that. And um, keep moving forward. And I always tell people, when you're working through something, at the very last day, when you pass away, and then, you know, obviously continue on, and you go back and uh, relook at this life, what do you want to be happy about? What do you want to go, yeah, I really succeeded at that. How that is your goal is to... Go through this life with that in mind and do the best that you can. That's the real key important thing. Do the best that you can. That's great. That's really great. It will be nice to do that on a daily basis. Oh, of course. If this was our one shot at it, you know, what would I like today to be known for? Of course. Oh, get me out of bed a little bit earlier, I would think. Well, Cliff, thank you again for being our guest today. Okay, well, thank you for having me. You're welcome. And for our listener, thank you for spending this hour with us. You can visit Cliff's website, cliffagary.com, and you spell C-L-I-F-F-A-G-U-I-R-R-E, cliffagary.com. And as a reminder, we don't die radio.com is our home base for now 293 episodes. Oh my goodness, where have the time, the year's gone. And there you can find a very healing audio called How to Survive Grief. I've got like 19 Reasons to Believe in the Afterlife PDF, uh, news on the upcoming events, and so much more. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain, and I'm always so delighted to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. And I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on Earth is important. And in Cliff's words, never give up. You are a special human being. Um, you are. And... uh I want to thank you for listening. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.